welcome to the Hotel Analyst podcast. My name is Chris Bowne, the web editor of Hotel Analyst, and joining me around the desk of Insight on my left, I have Andrew Sangster, the editorial director, and on my right, Catherine Dogrell, our perspectives editor at Hotel Analyst. This week, our three topics are fresh investment into asset managers, what Airbnb is doing, buying hotel tonight, and another look at brands, more brands and what do brands mean. So uh, let's start off with uh, looking at what's happening in the asset management area. And particularly um, this week, uh, news that a European real estate investment and asset management business, Frio, has bought into a UK uh, management group. Catherine, what's going on? Uh, yes, so Frio have acquired a 25% stake in Michelle's and Taylor, um, who we have been watching, of course, for some time. And this means, of course, that Michelle's and Taylor are now ever so much more closely aligned with the actual investment of the everything as opposed to just the management, which is a extra exciting evolution in asset managers. We've been staring enthusiastically at the asset management sector for some time now and seeing them getting closer and closer and closer to the action as the investors have also wanted to get closer and closer and closer to the action. Um, so all very intriguing here. We had heard that there was another asset manager which had been uh, which had been sold or invested into, um, which was one of my favourite rumours at um, IHIF this year. But sadly, it appears that that is not the case. Um, the people in question said that I could uh, I could have a free bottle of wine if it proved to be the case. So if next week this call I sound significantly drunker, you'll know that that's gone through. But uh, in the meantime, more people investing into asset management, more people getting involved in just seeing if they can get better returns. And from what we got heard from um, Hugh Taylor at M&T, um, there wasn't enough um, exciting fees in actual straight asset management as it was. So we can, I think, expect to see lots more of these kind of deals. They certainly have got more involved in the actual deal making part of, uh, of the process, not just the asset management side. So I think we'll see lots of people spreading their wings and the big, big brick brains brawns stack getting ever more complex and ever more exciting for all. The first thing I'm going to say is I just want to check Chris that when you say I'm on the left and Catherine's on the right you, that's not a political observation is it? Absolutely not. It could go no. that way it could go that way it depends what happens to the vote this week. We're all in favour of a resolution although I fear I fear that Catherine's prediction of the department of Brexit that will last forever is looking like the most so true. Uh, likely of the three to come true. Oh yeah it's never going away. Anyway let's move swiftly on and talk about asset managers. Um so what, one of the things that's interesting with what Catherine's um, commentary on this in this week's Perspective Online, um, which subscribers can read, uh, what she says is, quoting M&T, um, or paraphrasing Michelle's and Taylor, who've had this investment from Frio, um, they're saying that the asset management piece simply isn't lucrative enough. Um, I, I'm not sure I entirely agree with them on that because I, th I think it's a good thing to have a separate discipline which is entirely focused on this and there's a clear line of sight of where the fees are being derived from. Once you start mixing it all up it, it starts looking a bit messy and the, I think there is good uh, and whilst the management 
management jargon would be that well, let's have a closer alignment of interests. That that's all well and good. But there's also, I think, management jargon which says you know focus on what you, you're good at. Um, so that there is a slight danger with that. Um, but I, I entirely see why M and T are going down this route. Um, I, I think it makes sense to be uh, co-investors. And indeed, if you look at how a lot of the third-party management companies grew up, they started off as owners and co-owners and also running the hotels at the same time until going down the track of becoming dedicated third-party management companies and it might be that this this is simply a, a process of, of the sort of growth trajectory of M&T that they're going through and that they'll end up focusing on one aspect or the other going forward let you know let, let's see uh, I, I think there's a wider point to be drawn here though um, and this is one Catherine's already alluded to and and this is the appetite that real estate investors have um, including um, institutional uh, real estate investors and this is to have exposure to the underlying operating company that supports the rental payments now part of this is being driven uh, by the hunt for yield and this is forcing those investors up the the risk curve so they're they're looking for for higher returns they've got to get a uh, look in more riskier areas to do that and um, there is one school of thought that this is just a cyclical thing it's all going to come to an end um, as soon as interest rates start rising I'm not sure I've got any clear sight of when interest rates are going to start rising however so I think we, we could be here for some time um, but uh, I, I think the the, the wider piece as well is also a defensive move by real estate investors in in that they understand they need to um to get to grips with what's paying their rent and if they don't they end up with egg on their shirts you know that they'll have signed a 25-year lease they need to see the lessee go bust and we can look at the retail landscape right now and see how that's played out for many we could also look across at uh, a closer uh, industry to the hotel sector which is um, casual dining and there's a whole raft of casualties on certainly UK high streets right now um, with with freeholders saying oh goodness I no longer have a tenant paying my rent um, and if you're going to actually have to get involved in understanding these businesses it sort of makes sense to have exposure to the upside as well all that effort um, in getting to grips with the, the nuts and bolts of it why not have an exposure on the upside so I think there's there's clear sensible motivation here and I think we're going to see more and more of this mm. and uh, obviously if you're interested in uh, what goes on in the hotel asset management and operations space then uh, we have got a conference coming up our one day conference on the 22nd of May the hotel operations conference is a great place to come and network but also find out the latest about what's going on in this particular part of the hotel landscape um, hoteloperationsconference.com is where you need to go to find out some more about that now we're on to our next uh, topic for discussion and it's the news that uh, Airbnb has bought Hotel Tonight. Catherine is clearly very upset because she thought Brian Chesky, Brian Chesky was a guy who wore a caftan and talked about experiences, but uh, he's whipped that off this week and beneath is just a boring black suit. <gasps> he 
horrifying, isn't it? Um, three years ago, we had Airbnb at their Open LA thing where they talked to all their eager hosts, um, talking about um, how they'd been doing extensive research into what they were going to do in the future. And they were talking about the Wizard of Oz, where a character crosses the threshold to a new magical world where they meet people, they're challenged, they have a moment of transformation, and then they return to the normal world. And it was also wonderful and marvelous. Back in the room. Back in the room. Then, but it turns out, you know, it's all Tin Man, and it's who's working the levers behind the uh, behind the. So uh, yes, so rubbish, really, isn't it? It turns out they're just another pseudo OTA who just specialises in homestays or staying in people's investment properties or any of that. So it's not interesting at all, is it? Uh, it's good news for hotel tonight. Obviously, we've been looking for an exit for some time, but um, but it's not very interesting news for the rest of us. So Airbnb, not as much fun as we originally thought. So you can you can. They're not, They're not magical a magical travel experience, experience it turns out. They're just all. a very naughty boy. But um, And you can cast me as a wicked witch as much as you like on this front. But yeah, not so interesting. Be interested to see what happens to all these experiences and trips and things. Um, <clears throat> we talked back when they launched trips, which would be around the Wizard of Oz time, as I should be now referring to this as far as Airbnb goes. Um, we talked to um, uh, Bertrand Bazan at Caribou, who does a lot of the experience and trip stuff now for Accor. You may recognise the surname. And um, <laughs> that's. <laughs> I don't know, I've yet to prove they're related, which may, may just be a very common French name. But um, they were talking about how it was impossible for Airbnb to reach any kind of um, volume with all these trips and come and do some potting down my road and that sort of thing. And if indeed that's proven to be the case, then yes, what are they? But. Um, well, they've hired a guy who can do flights, haven't they, in the last few weeks, Mr. Reed. Uh, so they're presumably offering flights as well. Um, I haven't enjoyed a magical experience on a flight for quite some time. So that's probably not the way we're going there. Quite. Yes, I think this hippie marketing waffle you know, winds us all up, actually. It reminds me, um, I'm going to delve back to my days as a music journalist, my first job in journalism, and there's a band, Dead Kennedys, and they have this song called California Uber Allies. And there's this great imagery, um, the singer, where he talks about the suede denim secret police. And it's the same old secret police, but they're just dressed (laughs) in suede denim. And I think this is what we've got here. I'm not saying they're the secret police, but I I think they are just OTAs. They've just got a different spin on being an OTA. I mean, and our take on this is... um, been that uh, we've had the first wave of OTAs now 20 years old and they were all about aggregating demand and the big boys here are of course Expedia and the biggest boy is Booking Holdings Um, and they spend a fortune they spent over 10 billion US dollars last year on on marketing Um, and that's to aggregate that demand and deliver it onto their websites through performance marketing mostly spent with Google. This new wave, which is oh, less than 10 years old, um, aggregating supply of which the poster child is Airbnb. And now we've made this point many a time, but essentially they are just another aggregator. And increasingly what we're seeing is they're just turning into another OTA. And I, I wonder the challenge for Airbnb is going to keep is going to be keeping their point of differentiation and separation, given that um, they've, they're now um, really just having a very similar business model in that they're going to be charging the suppliers rather than the customers and it's going to be I think more and more pressure on them to actually move in that direction and 
in the end this is they've never been about the sharing economy for some time most of the money they've made has come from professional landlords in other words landlords who were doing this for a living and were not living in the place they were renting out this sharing thing is all hippie it's, it's their suede denim that they're disguising themselves with um and and, and we are heading now but I think there's good news here for hoteliers in that there's been a clear pressure on, on commissions um, that can be charged and we've seen a significant decrease in the level of commissions and I think that's going to continue for some time um, but of course we've had the the other um, issue in terms of much more pressure on the top line and that's a much broader range of competitors now been been brought to bear across the whole industry thanks to these the, the way in which they're just increasing the the, the amount of of supply and they're all at it now both um, Expedia and booking are now getting into this whole sharing malarkey and you know wh- wh- where is the distinction going to be made and um, it ain't going to be <laughs> magical travel experience. no no there's there's no denying that Airbnb is an exceptionally powerful brand um, and it has all sorts of exciting data that's been collecting for the last decade so hopefully it's got other tricks up its sleeve but yes I don't think any of them are particularly magical but of course, if it's going for an IPO, then the uh, financial magic is going to be a bit more out in the open than it might. I see. Yes, I don't know if it's missed its slot for an IPO now. Um, so, who knows? Who knows? I don't think it's not looking very promising out there for technology IPOs, um, which of course this would be one rather than a yeah, hotel one. Gr- yes. Yes, absolutely. The only way you could justify the valuation is to cast it as a, um, a technology company, not as a tourism hotel company accommodation company whatever you like um just you know the sort of 30 billion plus us dollars that they've talked about in terms of a valuation is barking um and can only be justified if you've got lots and lots of other things that can magically reveal to us later on we'll look forward to it okay well now um talking of lots and lots uh, let's go on to talk about brands uh, a few more launched at uh, the Berlin conference um, and uh, perhaps some more comment coming about filtering them and putting them in different league tables is that right Catherine <laughs> um, that sounds great I have my fan- fantasy brand football league oh there's a way to pass the time um, <laughs> So, uh, so yes, so Accor, of course, um, never one to hold back in launching a brand, launched two with uh, Tribe and alongside SBE, the House of Originals. Um, and in the meantime, Steigenberger said it was going to overhaul its brand. So you can probably count that as a shiny new brand. Uh, they were going to do lots of exciting things with the technology, which of course is very popular these days. Um, so yes, lots of new brands. I think we're all past the can you have too many brands bit. We've talked about that before. Um, you can't have too many brands, it turns out. Um, so, so, not the, so, so that's fine. But you can have, and we hear a lot um, about brown families. Um, usually it means there's loads and loads of holiday inns in different sort of ways. But um, but this way, I think the family, and Sebastian Bazin has talked about this before as well, um, is becoming more complementary and less all brands are created equal. So um, Accor at their recent results talked about how they were going to invest in seven core brands. And somebody did ask um, from the sort of darkness beyond what this meant for the other brands, whether it meant that they could have brands that maybe weren't performing as well as the other brands, or you could have a brand that was kind of more complementary and not really 
a very mass market brand and of course they have got a lot of brands in their stable now which they're not planning on expanding to huge huge volumes um, like 25 hours and things like that they're just going to keep them small and, and niche and make sure they don't lose their original flavor and I think what we're seeing now is a kind of a more family approach where you have like the, the matriarch and the patriarch of the brands and then the kind of the idiot uncle of the brands and the small children who might grow up and become something brands or maybe they don't do so well brands and then you have to bring them into the family business and and so on and so forth so I think we're going to see a huge extended family of kind of brands this is how it's going to look in the future not all brands are created equal and this is what we will see and this is how you justify having 485 brands so do we then have uh, a time for putting brands out into the nursing home well you know <laughs> you talk to Marriott about that but they're very pleased with the new table at Sheraton so <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking particularly about Sheraton. That's, which you would, they're, they're making a big job are, of turning no, around. and I mock that table, even though it's a lovely table, I'd be happy to have it in my own home. Um, but um, it was actually it made its way into Architectural Digest. So That's all part of their great... It is, it is. No, I, I admire it. Architectural Digest. Oh. I've, I've got... I've got my brand and it's cognitive dissonance is my brand um, which is what this is about actually because you're coming at it from two directions you're coming at it from um, individuality and you're coming at it from conformity so you are supplying individualism um, which conforms um, or you could say you <laughs> consistency. it sounds like a is magical it, journey to me what is it, what is it you want <laughs> Yeah. Caftan's back on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but what, what is it they're trying to do? They're trying. To, they, they, they are trying to crack the, 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 that impossible conundrum. Um, it's like Brexit, really. Um, it, it's a mad riddle. Um, as to um, but I mean, if you look at the, the car industry as an example, so Volkswagen, the people's car, um, but nobody wants the same Volkswagen. They want lots of different varieties of, of Volkswagen, but they all want at the same time Volkswagen's reliability. Um, they want its consistency. They want its durability, reliability. And all its of these clean diesel emissions. Yes. Yeah, well, that that aside, um, but but you know they want little takes on it. They might want a sunroof. They might want I don't know, um, sort of the auto park feature. They might want to you know go upscale and have a, the Audi badge on it. Or they might want to say how virtuous and money saving they are by having the Skoda badge on it. I don't know, but there's all available there. But it's all got this underlying in, in Catherine's. Um, much better um, metaphor is that the right one um, is family I think is absolutely right so you've got this this linkage at the top but then you've got all these little bits that reach out to the, the, the you'll you'll need to be distinctive and separate and special because we all want to be special and this is what this is why every consumer wants to be special and this is what the the brand companies are doing is appealing to that need to be special and uh, um and i think we're just going to see more and more and more of it now the the last count so if you call if you call, look at a hotel brand as being a chain of hotels with more than four four or more in them um there's over a thousand now in europe um this is just going to grow and grow and grow um and you know i, I suspect we'll probably be at two thousand before you know it and on that happy note we'll wind up our podcast this week. Thank you all for listening.